back to the back porch. You got your co-host Cruz Chavez and your co-host G. What's up, everybody? All right. We also have a special guest here with us, Matthew Trollinger. How's it going, everybody? He's uh, been here a couple times, maybe. Recorded a couple times with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. A couple. A couple times, yeah. It's, fine. it's good it's, to be back, everybody. Yeah, it's good to have you back, bro. I yeah. mean, How, it... How's life been? Yeah. It's been good. Anything crazy? Working? How's life in Chelsea? You know... It's Chelsea. Much rather be in that note. I know. Last time you were on here, you were working a different job, but you got a new job now. I did. I'm not working night shift anymore. Driving all the way to Joplin, right? Yep. Working in Uluguan now, working on night shift an hour, or on day shift. An hour and a half drive every day there and back. In I can't dark. imagine. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't Into Arkansas. It. Yeah. <laughs> First I, I of all. I couldn't do it. I'd fall asleep. 100%. I mean, they have windy roads. Like, it was your way, like, really windy, or is it just like No, a it was shot? It was all turnpike, so it wasn't too bad. I just can't imagine doing an hour and a but half But it also, drive. I don't know, it kind of makes the drive longer, just going straight down the same road. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Stillwater is kind of brutal. Driving a stilly? It's, um, it's, about, it's about the same as driving <laughs> Stillwater. <laughs> Man. And we do that a lot, too. Yeah, forget about that. Hey, every single day, I can't, I mean... Yeah. You basically have a whole new paycheck with how much money you're saving on gas, I bet. Yeah, that, that's a pay raise in itself. <laughs> <laughs> working closer to home. Especially with gas prices, what they are right now. Yeah. I mean, coming Which down a little bit. They are coming down, yeah. Yeah. Going to go back But it's down. nice. I have a lot more free time now. I have a lot more time to... I'm not tired at, at youth every Wednesday and yeah. not tired at church every Sunday now. Yeah. So what do you do exactly? I'm a mechanic. I work for... Rogers County. Yeah. Amen. Out in Uligo. <laughs> Working on the roads. Yeah. So if we have a special request, we can just be like, hey, we need a, we need the sidewalk to be... Uh, like, <laughs> I don't do that. I just, I just fix the equipment. There you go. So, he, so if we have a complaint, we <laughs> go to you. Yeah, about the uh, equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much help I'll be, but you can give it a shot. Oh, man. All right, let's dive into this. Yes. Yeah, so. I agree. So we are in chapter 15 and 16. Guys, we were supposed to record yesterday. Yeah, but we... Uh, and me and G were just sitting here across from each other. We had some crazy questions. And thoughts. And thoughts. <laughs> there's, there's so much. I mean, I'm going to throw a question out there just so you guys can start thinking about it. Is salvation still at the, on the table at this point? And whenever we were thinking about this, like, this is literally, Cruz and I's minds were just going at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Just throwing things out there, like, is it still on the table? Oh, wait, maybe it's not. Oh, wait, maybe it is. I mean, we were trying not to come up with 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 random things. Yes. We were trying not to, to add to Scripture because it's so easy to kind of drift off and, and say, well, what if life is this way? What if life is this way? And just... And start filling in the gaps is pretty much what it is. Yeah. Context clues are super important. But the truth of the matter is we don't know um, we don't know if salvation is still on the table. I think I have come to terms with with that. And the reason why I say that is because the church is gone. Uh, when the church is gone, you have this first three and a half years. For some reason, some people believe that salvation you can only receive salvation during the first three and a half years of this seven year tribulation period but i have no clue and i was talking to tj i was talking to tim i was talking to chad um and obviously me and g were talking about it 
I have no clue where this thought of salvation no longer exists after three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. Mm. So I personally want to do more research on that because yeah. I, I have no clue where they where this thought came from. Well, I don't know. That's where we were yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> we're literally just... Guys, when I tell you, I got here at 3 o'clock, and Cruz and I, we sat down, and we we're just talking about things. And next thing we know, I look at my watch, and it was already three, like 3.30, just sitting here for like... 30 minutes talking. And then Cruz sees um, Chad pull up and goes out there and start talking to him. And, of course, there's great sides from him. I, that's the wonderful thing about the church, I think. Some people see it as division, what we went over today. Um, but I see it as just, like, one beautiful picture. Like, everybody has different thoughts on Scripture, you know what I mean? Um, but it's not crazy stuff. It's not crazy thoughts. It's right, not. It's not like... Adding to, taking away, yeah, exactly things that are going to alter your faith. Yes, it's it's thing. it's things that that come together, and Jesus is still at the center of it. Um, it's kind of like those uh, those divisions of like the theology questions and things to maybe debate about. Yeah, uh, but I, I I enjoy those things. I I enjoy hearing other people's thoughts and um on scripture and hearing what they think this means, what they may think this seems, sometimes it's totally nuts. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, yeah, I can definitely see that. And it's just, it's kind of like an eye opening thing. Um, yes. Well, and I think it's good for our faith to have, you know, those conversations of just rational talking of Amen. trying to figure out more about the Bible. I yeah. mean, none of us completely understand the Bible. Amen that's, to that. That's what fellowship's for. I yeah. mean, the Lord gave us a brain for a reason and a thought <laughs> yeah, process right. for a reason to yeah. think uh, things through. But uh, you guys want to read uh, 15 and 16 yeah. real quick? Just get this out of the way. And um, just to kind of catch everyone up, our listeners, so chapter 14 is what we went over last week. Yes. The end of chapter 14, verses 14 through 20, that is a foreshadow of 15 and 16. Yes. So... Basically, the the writer, the author of of chapter fourteen, they went ahead and jumped forward to the end, the the judgment, the final judgment. But chapter fifteen and sixteen is is describing how it goes down. Yep, back to the present. Yeah, back to the present. Okay, so there's the timeline, just in case anyone needed that. Go ahead. Um, I'll just read chapter fifteen. We can talk about it, um, get our thoughts upon it, and then move on to sixteen. But chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, uh, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast in its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sing the songs of Moses, the servant of God, and the songs of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Tr just and true are your ways, O King of nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this, I looked in the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was opened, and out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues, clothed in pure, bright linen, with golden sashes around their chests. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls 
full the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Boom. Bada bing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right away, chapter 15, and I know we haven't reached 16 yet, but chapter 15 and 16, um, 15 prepares the bowls. Mm-hmm. You see these angels receive these bowls from one of the one of the four living creatures that we talked about earlier on. Um, and it doesn't specify what creature it was, but it just says one of them. The creature with six wings and this crazy face, um, and it's floating, and he hands to the angels seven bowls. So right now, we are preparing to pour out the bowls. Chapter 16 is when those bowls are poured out, which is the, the seven plagues, which are about to occur. These seven plagues is going to be God's wrath on those who took the mark of the beast. So again, we are in the last half of the seven-year tribulation, so three and a half years left. The Antichrist has come. The, um, the hit, what's it called? Like the vice president is what I called it last time. Um, so the beast, the Antichrist, the I can't remember all of them. But all these people, they've, they've come in waves. They're proclaiming that they are God. It's blasphemy, right? They're proclaiming that they, they're performing these miracles. They're winning people over. And they said, if you want to live, then you're going to take the mark of the beast. If you don't have, the, the idea is the only way to buy food, buy water, um, to even be able to live is if you take this mark of the beast. If you don't have it, then you won't be able to trade. So scripture states that if you take the mark of the beast, your fate is sealed. And these seven bowls, that fifteen chapter 15 that we just read, all of those seven bowls are going to be poured out. So that's God's wrath on those people. Okay. So that's where, that's where we are with chapter 15. Yeah. I'm gonna one one thing I want to talk about um, is this uh, verse two, and I saw what happened, uh, and I saw what hap- what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, uh, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. I, I kind of want to focus on that, and I kind of brought this up yesterday whenever we were talking, but these people. Who who were who who conquered the beast, uh, the uh, aka the devil and the antichrist, um, most likely killed in my eyes. Like going back to uh, the previous podcast, most likely martyred. I want to talk about like mar- like being martyred and what that truly means. So it's this is like whenever people think of like laying down your life for Jesus and giving your full to him, uh, there's, it can go to all kinds of ways. Maybe you just stay in the same place and become a preacher somewhere, or you be going to some kind of ministry um, and you lose your job or something like that. But, of course, there are people who are literally killed for Jesus. And at this point, people are being killed in the name, uh, not in the name, for Jesus. And uh, it's what it's so powerful to me 
is that this word conquered, and also those who had conquered the beast, right? Like being killed, like there's, there's this thing in my hermeneutics class that this professor is saying, and every time I'm inside there, I feel like he's preaching. Whenever Jesus came and he was describing the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is near. And he was describing to these people, um, you do not bow down to other gods. You do not bow down to Caesar, but you bow down to the kingdom of God. This literally meant, but of course, at that time in Rome, uh, Rome whenever Rome was occupying uh, Jerusalem, there was many gods. Like there's, You could say uh, the places that they were at, they were polytheistic. Many gods were there. What Jesus was telling them that you will serve no other. And Rome didn't have a problem with that. They didn't have a problem if you served other gods as long as you also served Caesar. Yeah. Whenever God was describing the kingdom of heaven is near and you will serve the kingdom of heaven and no other, that's when it became a problem for mm-hmm. Caesar because he was saying there's this new kingdom. But the thing was, the, how Rome looked at Jesus was, you say there's a new kingdom, but you don't have an army. Because whenever you think of a kingdom, you're supposed to have an army with you. Right. Um, and Jesus didn't have an army, but he had God with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had God with him going throughout and doing things. So whenever he was describing the kingdom of heaven, and he, whenever he says to pick up your cross daily, this meant something different to them back in uh, first century, whenever Jesus was there preaching to them. This didn't mean, yeah, act like a Christian today. This mean, What that meant to them at the time was, you're going to follow Jesus, even if that means that you are killed, and you disown, and you uh, you do not, and you stop serving Caesar. Yeah, you will stop serving those things, and it meant something completely different today uh, than it uh, did back then. And whenever Jesus, what was crazy is whenever you remember whenever he was clothed in in purple, uh, whenever he was being mocked by the uh, guards uh, during his crucifixion, his crown of thorns was put on his head. His army, what or his throne. In a sense, the throne can be seen as a great thing within a kingdom, but Jesus' throne was sacrifice mm. and pain and hurt. And that's how we defeat the enemy. And uh, what could be the worst thing in your guys' opinion that could happen to a person, by, that a kingdom can do to a person? Like as far as experiencing pain? Yeah. Uh, probably just torture. Torture, but then... What if if a kingdom doesn't want you to be there? What could they do to you? In a sense, they could kill you, right? Yeah, like that's that's how they're what could they're going like to they do. Did to Jesus? Yeah, they're going to kill you. Yeah, Beat you torture you and kill you. But the difference with this kingdom is that Jesus defeated death, so they literally had nothing. Like, what else could a king or a kingdom do to you if they killed you and you rise three days later? What else could they really do to you? Right. If you have defeated yeah. death and this conquered part. Like, even though these martyrs or uh, these people who have, who, who uh, has defeated and conquered the beast, because we remember that the devil or the beast was given authority over the saints and was able to kill them and do as he pleased with them, they most likely died, but it shows that they conquered the beast and they had harps uh, of God in their hands and they're singing songs. So it's, being a martyr 
is, and we can be a martyr in anything, but being a martyr to the faith of Jesus is most important. Mm. And within our faith, nothing can really stop us. This world can't really hurt us because like we, as Christians, we believe once you die, you go to, it's kind of like a location change, right? Mm -hmm. It's, this is our, this is our, uh, a temporary, uh, place that we are in. But whenever we die uh, an earthly death, we go up to heaven and we live eternally. So it's just I this kind this that kind of passage just screamed out like a martyr. Like what that means? What does death mean to a Christian now at this point? So, so do you think that that's just talking to the martyrs, or could that be talking to all the Christians in heaven? All the Christians. I mean, it could be either on earth because, like we think, they're. There's people on earth still um, who are on uh, on earth who has conquered the beast, who have not taken the mark of the beast. But then uh, that conquered part is what really got me. Like, even though most likely a lot of them died, they have still conquered the beast. They didn't lose. Like, right, they yeah. had the final victory and the final yeah. say with that. That is an interesting um, piece because my initial thought is... John is seeing this 144,000, the one that is standing on Mount Zion with Jesus. And I know we had the conversation last week, who who are these 144,000? Is this a new group of people, or is this the original 144,000 from chapter 7? Yeah. Um, the ones that were sealed from Israel, within Israel. Again, it's not 100% sure. It could be a, a brand new set of 144,000. But my initial thought is that's who he is seeing. And there's going to be a special place for them because they they were martyred for their faith Amen. during this time. And they're not only are they going to be standing on Mount Zion, but they're also going to be singing songs, which is what T.J. Amen. I talked about whenever he was co- whenever he covered this. Yes, what a special place to be! You're going to be with Jesus on Mount Zion, singing songs. Amen. With him, and that's just a that's a reward, because even though I will be in heaven, there's a chance that I won't be on that mountain, right? And on top of that, I'm kind of hoping that I will be raptured up at this point, and so this 144,000 are going to be the ones who are left here on the earth, Mm -hmm. aside from those that took the mark of the beast. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, just, just, yeah, 100% behind what you say. Anything else with uh, chapter 15 before we get into that? I have something else in chapter 15, but I'm just wondering, do you guys have anything else that really interested you? I just think it's interesting how God prepares all of this that's coming, how he fills the sanctuary with smoke and no one's allowed to enter until it's all done. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think we, like like TJ said, uh, there's we see that many times whenever there is a, a sanctuary or a tabernacle and God's glory literally filled the place. And whenever uh, Solomon dedicated his uh, tabernacle or uh, his place of worship to God, God literally filled the, uh, the place with smoke and nobody could enter, not even the priests. Um, AK is seen as a holy of holiest people. Um, they couldn't even enter into there. Um, so that presence is something uh, else that you can't even touch it. And we see that uh, on Mount Sinai whenever uh, Moses 
uh, was going up there to visit visit with God. It was smoke because mm-hmm. uh, Moses couldn't see God's face. Uh, mm-hmm. But another thing that also like interested me is uh, verse six and fifteen. And out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues. And whenever like this imagery of the seven angels coming out of that sanctuary where God's holiness is. In that song, like, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. Uh, it's these angels, what I feel like what it is resembling is this is God's God's holiness coming out of the tab- tabernacle in order to place judgment on the earth. And they're holding the seven plagues uh, and the bowls, or the golden sashes, sashes around their chest as well. And we can remember that that was Jesus as well, uh, right? If I'm right, whenever it was describing Jesus at the beginning of Revelation, he had white hair, right, and he had a golden sash mm-hmm. around his chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven great bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. Uh, and we're able to see that these angels are walking out of that tabernacle, which is something special. And it's just this, like you said, this is the preparation for the bowls about to be poured out. Uh, and, and another, so I just feel like, do you guys have anything else? <laughs> this, or am I just talking too much <laughs> right now? No, you're good. Uh, I mean, there's just so many things going through my mind right now because um, flipping all the way back to chapter 1, of Revelation, it talks about the seven golden lampstands, which represents the seven spirits, um, or the seven angels. And so you look back at you look back at that, and then you flip forward to, to this verse, and it makes you wonder: are those the, are, are those the seven are those the seven angels that mm-hmm. he's talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, that's just where my mind goes right now. Yeah. See, this is exactly what happened yesterday, and then we just <laughs> continued on. Yeah, from there. So, I, I mean, that's it's very possible. Now, I don't know if there are seven spirits of God. Um, I feel like I've had a conversation with someone, um, but I know there's only there's only one Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? But then I feel like I've, I remember TJ talking something about the seven spirits of God. Mm. And so we see, I, I know that God uses angels, and I know that God uses, um, like there's only one God, there's only one Jesus, there's only one Holy Spirit, and that's three in one, right? And then around him, you have all these angels, and then you have these creatures, these um, these creatures that are, that are singing praises to God all day and night, like holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, Um but then you you read something like this and it really makes you wonder are there seven are there seven are there seven spirits are there seven angels um that makes up the holy spirit yeah i don't know maybe i'm going too far maybe i'm just overreaching here <laughs> do we all do that <laughs> yeah um but anyways that's where my mind goes um yeah. because like you said only jesus was was desc- uh, described as as the one with this golden sash. Mm-hmm. Who else would have a golden sash? Yeah. Um, so that's just, like I said, um, I might be overreaching here. Who knows? <laughs> just tell us in the comments if you guys want us to. Yeah. Um, but there's also just one last thing with this chapter, I promise. But it's describing, uh, where is it at? 
seven, and one of the four living creatures gave uh, to the gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And I know that this is. I'm trying to remember where it talks about the cup of. Oh, there it is into the wine press of the wrath of God, where it's talking about filling up uh, the cup. Uh, to me, that this cup, this is the cup. Uh, whenever Jesus, remember, whenever Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, I can't even pronounce it. How do you pronounce? Yes, and he says, uh, "Lord, if if it is your will, take this cup from me. But if it isn't, then then let your will be done." Mm-hmm. To me, this is the cup of wrath that uh, that uh, that Jesus is talking about, like that cup. Uh, in this cup, it literally made him delirious, uh, and it made him stumble to the ground. But he drank that cup for us. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that cup that he referenced is this cup of wrath that is being described. Um, that's being described uh, in this chapter or in, within Revelation. So, yes, on to the great chapter 16. Okay. Um, and I just want to add one more thing because it's kind of hard to picture this, but TJ pointed out, and I think it, it's, it's sad, but it's, I think it's also reality. There's going to be a lot of people on the earth at this point. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are probably going to take the mark of the beast. And scripture says that whoever takes this mark of the beast, like their fate is sealed. Yeah. Like they're going to be judged. They're going to be the ones that God's wrath is poured on. And I know it's sad, um, but God has given us opportunity after opportunity. Um, it going again, flipping back to to chapter 14. Uh, God sends these angels, I think it was six or seven angels or however many it was, but they were going forth proclaiming the gospel. And it says they were preaching, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the uh, springs of water. They have come again to offer repentance, Mm -hmm. repent. And every angel so far has offered a warning and repentance. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how you survive this. And they still chose not, they still chose not to, to submit. They still chose not to repent and fear God. Rather, they chose to hate God. Mm -hmm. And so it's just sad to think that even during this time, even though a third of the world is dead, a third of the population is dead, or a quarter of the population is dead, then it still leaves a ton of people on the earth. And a ton of these people are going to take this mark of the beast. Yes. And they're going to be judged. Most definitely. Which leads us into chapter 16. The, the good parts. The, the good, good bits. <laughs> the heavy parts. Uh, does anybody want to read 16? Sure. Okay. All right, and this is what it reads. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. There it is. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and very, and every living thing died that was in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and that became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, Just as you, O holy one, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. 
For they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve! Exclamation point. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord God and the Almighty, true and just are your judgments! Exclamation point. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch the people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way of the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. They are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for the battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping the garments keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place that is that, that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done! Exclamation point. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, such as there had never been seen uh, since man was on the earth. So great, so great was that earthquake. This, the great city was split into three parts, and the city of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains uh, were to be found, and the great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from the fell from heaven on people, and they cursed God for the plague of the hell because the plague was so severe. Bam. Wow. A lot. A lot of bowls being poured <laughs> It's a out lot here. of God's wrath. A yes. lot of wrath. <laughs> Just a lot of wrath a over whole here, lot guys. So the question, let's talk about it. Should we just go around and say what we think is salvation? Should we expose our theology within this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll go. I'll start off. So salvation is still on the table at this point. I believe so. I say yes and no, if that makes sense. <laughs> up until a point. Up, right. up until this point. Um, so to me... What really came up as a question, what really came up to Cruz and I is either, there's either, we, we thought of two situations. Either the world was split up into two groups, right? Either into people who accepted the mark of the beast or they're following God. Or the second scenario is the same thing. They either accepted the mark of the beast or did not, or, or, or didn't in his following Christ but is there this special group of people who have not accepted the mark of the beast and still have not followed Christ? And that's what kind of got Cruz and I tripped up, just trying to think, like, 
We're not trying to add to God's scripture, but we can definitely see that happening because there are people who are agnostic, right? They believe that there is a God out there, but they don't follow it, right? They know right. that there is a God or gods out there that created this earth, did this, created morality, but they don't follow them. And to think in trying to think logically and trying to think like a human right now, I, in a way, I could see people doing that at this time, like just kind of not picking a side. Um, but then another thing came up was the bowls, right? We see that these bowls uh, are affecting the people who have accepted the mark of the beast. And another question that came up was, well, if these people haven't accepted the mark of the beast but don't follow God, are they going through the, these bowls as well? Are they being scorched by the sun um, and, and all these other things? Are they witnessing the sea uh, being filled up with blood and all the living creatures within the sea dying? Uh, and in my opinion, uh, in my thought, reading through here, and especially in verse 7, uh, is sixteen in chapter sixteen, verse seven, and I heard the altar saying, "Yes, Lord God the Almighty, true and just are your judgments." To me, we talk about God being in full; He's full of love, also full in wrath, and also full in judgment. He's the ultimate judger, the only person who judges. If He was to be a full judger, and the only and we read and we see that the only way to be saved is by accepting Jesus Christ as dying and being your savior, right? But these people haven't done it. To me, in my eyes, they are going through the same exact thing that uh, that the people who have accepted the mark of the beast, uh, who have ex- the people who accepted the mark of the beast, they're going through the bulls as well, because um, if they haven't accepted Christ, they are still being judged in my eyes. They're still being judged. And then we also see that some people, they curse the name, they curse the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. So maybe salvation is still on the table right there. That maybe gives us a little insight. They did not repent of their deeds. Because why would they have to repent if salvation is, if salvation's off the table, why would, why did they not repent of their deeds? So, so maybe is there an option to repent of their deeds? There's just all kinds of things. And that verse just kind of came up to me, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm wrong here. My mind's racing right now, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think, for for one, if you are... I think it's black and white, I'll be honest. After, after having some time to really sit and think about it for 24 hours and talking with Chad and Tim and TJ and you, um, I just felt like it's pretty black and white because if you don't follow after Christ, then you're against him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think, I think it's plain as day. Even if you sit there and say you're agnostic, you don't want to believe one way or the, or the other, you're denying Christ. Mm-hmm. That's against him. Does well, that make sense? I, yeah, I agree. And I think at this point, at this point, after everything that's happened through the seven trumpets and the seals and everything, I think everyone that's left on the earth still knows that God is real. Amen. Yes. I don't think there's any question about that. I, so I feel like at this point, 
I don't think there's I don't think salvation's still on the table by the time we get to the bowls because I think yeah. by that point everyone knows God's real. So if they still haven't chosen to follow him, they've chosen to deny Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I can get behind that for sure. And I I don't I know it says they did not repent of their deeds, but I almost feel like that's just God's way of reiterating that these people, even after all this, they still this is what they chose. Mm-hmm. They wanted they 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 didn't want me. Yeah, yeah. Definitely see that because amen. Because you, you look at Ugh. up until this point again. I mean, that's a great point, Trolley. Because you you go back to you go back to chapter eleven, where these two witnesses have been performing signs and miracles. Mm-hmm. And their bodies were dead on the street for three days. On that third day, they rose mm-hmm. and then they were taken up to heaven. It says the whole world saw that. How? How did the whole world see it? I have no clue. Yeah. But they saw it. Yes. And so after that, and then after all these crazy things that start happening with this 144,000, I feel like it is pretty evident, like, okay, God is real. Otherwise, how do you explain all these things happening? Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you have the Antichrist and you have Satan performing their signs and miracles. Yes. And they're doing these things again to hype themselves up. Yeah. To get to gain more followers for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like it's it's obvious that there's if you you're either for him or you're against him. And even if you say that you don't want to be for <laughs> this this is so funny. Even if you don't want to say you're for the Antichrist, but you want to eat, you're probably going to take that mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have you guys heard when Trump was elected? He wouldn't have been my first choice, but he was the better of the options, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What would sound better to you? If you were a non-believer, what would sound better to you? Would you rather eat or not eat? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you say that you're a follower of God. Amen. What would you choose? I think a lot of non-believers, whether you're agnostic or you completely hate God, I feel like a lot of them are going to say, I want to eat. You yeah. know, I want to be able to trade. I want to be able to provide for my family. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like you said, that we've already had the, the, two, messen- or the two witnesses that have been proclaiming and doing the miracles. And then in chapter 13, we see the first and the second beast. So everyone that's left on the earth now has seen God's side and they've seen Satan's side. Mm-hmm. So they know for sure. Yeah. You know, this is what's real. Like they there's no question like, well, I kind of believe in God, but I don't know. Like at this point they know. Yeah. And like you said, and like TJ said, when some like when you take the mark of the beast, it's not something that you just took it on accident and you didn't know. Like you know when you're you taking the mark of the doing. beast. You know yeah. you're denying God when you right. take the mark. Right. Amen. I mean, <laughs> This is this is just where it gets like very like, foggy. I'll, I'll use the word foggy. It just gets foggy because we had conversations with Chad. We talked to Chad a little bit, and it's my my thing is like I I want I want to say that there will just be two sides. Like yes, you will know you will know whether or not you have chosen God or if you have taken the mark. Uh, but then I just I I think about human beings. And especially today, you know, there's so many conspiracy theories with everything. And especially what TJ kind of described today, 
just saying we're recording on Sunday after TJ already preached. <laughs> but uh, like, in a way, we're being prepared for it. Like, like this world, or uh, it's kind of like already turning its back on God in a way, and it's preparing you to rely on your own understanding. And then, of course, we're going to have the Antichrist coming up with other reasons of why this stuff is happening, and, you know, people will believe it. Like I said, people believe the earth came from just one big bang. There's nothing behind it. Or people believe that we came from monkeys, and we came from all kinds of these other things about creation and origin. It's just... The way I'm trying to look at this is I give God's Word uh, its full holiness, I'm also trying to think of how human beings will react within this time. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, I, I'm kind of, I, I, I lean towards like maybe there is a special group of people who, who haven't chosen something. Like maybe they, they just want to teeter totter and like, yes, yeah, God sounds good. But then whatever this antichrist guy is saying, it kind of sounds good too. And they haven't fully committed to anything. But what I believe is that they will be judged as well that the bowls will be poured upon them as well, and they will fill everything. And now my final conclusion is, to me, I think salvation is still on the table. Uh, I feel like if we go to that, and if I'm going to stay consistent within my thoughts, salvation may be still on the table for those people. Uh, Because I, I definitely agree with your thoughts on verse 11, uh, and curse, and they curse God, and they curse the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds, and I just, I definitely see your side. But then I also think of like if, if repentance is being brought up, then there has to be a, an availability for them to repent for those things, and then maybe turn to God. I may be completely wrong. But let me ask you this: I'm ready. So you say that these people are still facing the judgment, so they're getting the bowls poured out on them, right? Mm-hmm. Right here, like that verse we just read, if the bowls are being poured out on them, it says that the people did not repent of their deeds. Mm-hmm. The people that are having the bowls poured out on them, which would include those people that you're saying have not chose either side. They did not repent of their deeds. Yeah. So I'd say the people that are maybe agnostic that haven't chose either side it still says that they did not repent of their deeds. Yeah, and what I'm also trying to think is like maybe the bowls are being poured upon them, and then they did, but the people who did not, they're still going through the bowls. Once again, I may just be thinking way too deep in this, and of course, I I, I 100% think I could be wrong. I don't know, and this is why I'm really enjoying this Yeah, talking about this stuff. I, I think it's um, these bowls are specifically poured out on Satan, the Antichrist, and those that took the mark of the beast. Yes. It's that group specifically, because it's all of those that, like you said, did not repent. Um, And so there's, I just feel like to add a third group in there is kind of of out of reach. Yeah. I just feel like it is. Um, But... But it, I, all I know is this, is that each bowl that was poured out, I mean, something crazy happened. So let's go ahead and talk about the bowls. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So there are seven bowls. The first one, it says, so the angel went 
and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people uh, who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Worshipped. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key word there. Yes. Who yeah. who took the mark of the beast and worshipped because there are going to be people, even, even in nowadays, I think there are things that we worship, we don't really tr- truly realize we worship them. Mm-hmm. Um, but these people, it's not, it's not like a, like you're bowing down on your face or worshiping them. I really think it's, you took the mark, you took this mark, whether it's an emblem or it's a tattoo mm-hmm. or it's some sort of, I don't know, brand that you're, what do they call that? Um, when they embed that on your skin. A brand. 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 Yeah. Okay. Brand. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're right. Um, brand that on their skin. I mean, it's it's truly it's a true form of worship where you completely deny Christ, mm-hmm. and these this first this first bowl is poured out on them, and so my assumption is everything that's poured out is poured out against them. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So that's the first bowl. Um, what do you guys do? You guys have anything to add to that? No, I definitely think that those people will have source, and. Which is a flipping back to to uh, Exodus. Flipping back to Exodus. Yeah, we talked about place. this yesterday mm-hmm. because you saw that Moses was given this command um, from God to mark their their doorway, their entryway with the blood with the blood of the lamb. That way, none of these plagues would hurt them. That way, mm-hmm. death would would uh, walk by their doorways and would not go in. Yeah. And these so, people who aren't being affected are sealed uh, into God. So, yes. Um, so I just feel like that was a. That's kind of like a, like a remember Egypt. Yeah. Remember during that time period, and just like how God's people weren't hurt, well, during this same period, um, or during this revelation period, God's people are not going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. They're going to be saved. Um, from these plagues that yeah, poured out. Most definitely. Okay, second bowl. Um, the second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing died that was in the sea. Sea of sharkies. Yeah, <laughs> everything, everything in the ocean. Filled up with blood. Um, and then, do you have anything else with that? Talking about the dead animals in the sea? <laughs> I just bet it stunk so bad. Yeah, I, I bet it was horrible. The smell. Um, and then the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. We can also remember how uh, the Jordan was turned into blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about so, there's a lot of similarities with between Exodus, uh, uh, the Exodus plagues, and this plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see, and I heard the angel in charge of the water say, "Just are you, ho- O holy one." Who is and who was, for you brought these judgments, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord, God the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. Once again, going back to that, God's judgment is true and just. Whatever they pour out whatever you reap or you uh, whatever fruit you provide to f- that is the fruit that you're going to be receiving back mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's powerful verse 6 that for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and you have given them blood to drink amen because we once again we have to remember that 
the the evils the power what is the word I'm thinking of the evil powers on this earth were given uh, availability to do whatever they wanted to the saints mm-hmm. uh, to God's people at this time and of course like we were describing you know demons were uh, you know, let free uh, and what they were able to do they were able to do whatever they wanted to uh, God's people uh, whatever they sought to do. Um, Verse 8, and the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the by the fierce heat, and they cursed the name of God who had, had power over the plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. Uh, so we could see there, uh, you know, sunscreen won't be working at this time. <laughs> no SPF 1000. Yeah. None of that stuff's working, baby. There's not going to be any shade. There's not going to be anything to try and even relieve yourself from the scorching heat. You're going to be going through it. And plus, you're going to have boils on top of you, too. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the uh, the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in anguish and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores that did not repent of their deeds. So we see, what are your guys' thoughts on poured this bowl on the throne of the beast and his kingdom was plunged into darkness? Is it kind of talking about Babylon, you guys think? In a sense, maybe? Yeah. Because I, I'm i trying to think, within the next upcoming chapter, 17 and 18, I, th- I'm, I, I think that this is taking place, like it's going, once again, snapping back into the bowls, and it's describing how Babylon fell. Yeah, I maybe. agree. I, th- I think the kingdom it's talking about is Babylon. I, yeah. I think that when we, when we like what we talked about today, is I think this happens after the beast kills the woman. Yes. Amen. I think this is about the town that's left. Yeah. The Babylon. The exactly. new Babylon. But see, then, then that almost makes me wonder, though. It's like, this is talking about the throne of the beast. Maybe those people see this, this aren't is, this in is, the kingdom of the beast, you know? I don't know. This is what happens. I'm telling you, Trolley, this is what happens. I, I see I see why you guys were so <laughs> everywhere yesterday. Are you referring to the great prostitute? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I got confused for a second when you said that. <laughs> Because I was thinking of the woman... Yeah, my bad. I meant the great prostitute. The great prostitute. Yes. Yeah. Which, that will come in chapter 17 for our listeners. Yeah. Um, next week. Yeah, next week. So... Or this week, if you're going to be technical, because it is Sunday. Okay. Depends okay. how much you guys slack on recording. This yeah. My bad. <laughs> um, I just think right now, there's going to be... The, God is slowly taking things away from the earth. Yeah. And he's pouring out his wrath against um, Satan and his and his demons, and then obviously all those that took the mark of the beast. Yep. Um, there's going to be a ton of people on this earth at this time, and again, it's going to be on the earth. And I think during this during this moment, uh, I mean, I'm still kind of caught caught up on the they did not repent and give him glory, and then they did not. Repent of their deeds. Both mm-hmm. of those things still lead me to believe that these things are happening for a reason. And uh, even after them happening, they still didn't repent. Mm-hmm. They still didn't give mm-hmm. him glory. Yeah. Um, Amen. Uh, so, verse 12. Anything else? Sorry, I just kind of... 
Um, verse 12. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and it and it and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the, dra- of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits, spirits like frogs, for they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be exposed. And they assembled them at the place that is in Hebrew, that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So we see the Euphrates is important within this region that's, that this is all taking place. So this is all taking place in like the Middle East, Jerusalem, uh, that whole area. And the Euphrates is important because it's so nourishing to the far, to the land. Mm-hmm. Like people have been fighting over this for centuries and centuries. Is it not the river that where the other rivers flow off of, fr- flow from? I think so. Yeah, is I think that, it is. Is that what I feel like that's where it, that's what it is. That's why it's so important. Yeah. Is because it's such a great river. Yeah, it was, this is where it's believed that the Genesis is started, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure from the Garden of Eden flowed these four major rivers. Yes. And well, no, I think at this time the Euphrates will be even more important than it is right now because all the people on the earth are congregated mm-hmm. within a lot smaller yes. area. Yes. Everyone's going to come so to this, this area. The Euphrates is probably like that's the main river that's left because everyone's yeah. condensed so close Every, Everything together. has dried up, right? Everything has not dried up. Everything has turned into blood. Yes. All the all the seas, all the creatures have died because all the water has turned into blood. No more fish. And then all of a sudden, skipping to yeah the seventh, the sixth bowl, the Euphrates River dries up. Yeah, that's gonna be a pretty big deal. Yes, I mean you think about how long does it take? How long does it take for uh, someone to die if they don't have any water? Three days. Three days, and if there is any water at all on the earth. Do you think that is going to cause this battle? Mm-hmm. Because it talks about how, let me see, um, the sick king poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. And, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. Mm-hmm. Um, for they are demonic spirits. So there are these, there are these beings that are demonic that are filled with demons, and uh, it's this river dries up to prepare the way for these kings to come. Yes, and I think when these king these kings are coming for a reason, mm-hmm. and it's because there's going to be a great battle that occurs. Um, and then continue on. Uh, for they are demonic spirits performing signs who get go abroad to the kings. Uh, to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for a battle on the great day of God the Almighty. There's going to be this great battle. We talked about battle of Armageddon. The battle of Armageddon. We talked about who's going to be at this battle. You're going to have demon. You're going to have Satan and his demons, and then you're going to have uh, God's army, who is led by Jesus, who is led by Michael, the this archangel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so you really think about what would cause a great battle to occur. Almost the mark of the end. Limited limited resources. Yeah, this is like this is the final, the final uh, attempt for the devil to to overthrow the throne. Yes, this is his final attempt. I think he's already. I think he already knows he's going down. Yeah, yeah. He 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 knows. knows. He knows the end is near. All the all the animals in the sea are gone. All the water is gone. He knows like this is his last ditch effort. Yeah, to try to beat God. Most definitely, because he knows the end is here. But guess what, loser? (laughs) (laughs) And then I like. I really like in 15 and 16 how it says, Behold, I am yeah. coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. Shout out Jesus. Yeah. I like that Jesus just reassuring the believers, yeah. like, just hang on, like, this is going to be quick. Yeah. I'm it's, coming. It's another reminder. And another reminder is, like, being ready in all seasons. Like, be the being re- spiritually ready, not just spiritually ready, but following Jesus at all moments, at all times. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just a seasonal thing, like a summertime thing whenever we go to Falls Creek or whenever we go to our summer uh, mission trips, or it's not whenever we go to Africa. This isn't the rest of your life kind of thing, right. you, where you're declaring Jesus as your Savior and the King of, uh, the King of Kings and the Lord above all lords. Uh, this is an all the time thing. Like, don't be caught basically with your pants with your pants down. Right. Be ready to follow Jesus at all points. Yes. Um. So yeah, Jesus assembles this army. There's another army being put together uh, by uh, by the devil, um, coming together and they're in a clash. But then we see the seventh angel. Yes. Yeah. The seventh angel yes. pours out his bowl um, into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, "It is done." We've heard that before, right? It is done. From who? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We've only heard that from Jesus. Yes. Yeah. It the, is finished. Whenever he defeated death. Yes. Amen. And that was a huge moment because that started the beginning of of a new covenant. Yes. And again, this is going to start a beginning of God's new world. Amen. Of the new world that he's going to create. That the he new prepared for us. And the new earth. Preach it. So... It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake such as there had never been since man on the earth. So great uh, was that earthquake. The great city was split into three parts, and the city of the nations fell. And God remembered Babylon the great to make her uh, drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found. So Hmm. everything is flattened. There it is. Everything is flattened. Yes. There's no mountains. There's no islands. Mm-hmm. Everything, like like we were talking about, people came to one specific region because there's limited resources, limited water, and now everything is completely flattened after this great earthquake. There's no shade. Nothing. And so God is preparing something new. I think what we can re- remember is that whenever Jesus died and said, it is finished, what happened? An earthquake happened. The earth began to shake. Yeah. But at this moment, whenever God says, it is done, an even greater earthquake comes. Mm. And once again, we see it, it flattens mountains. So it's like taking down an entire building to create a new foundation that is going to be the new heaven and the new earth. And it, 
I believe, looking back at this in verse 19, the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. The whole, uh, and God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the wine of fury of his wrath. Babylon is receiving the full cup of God's wrath. Mm-hmm. It's being poured out upon them. And now mm-hmm. they're truly, and the people who are on this earth, if there is people on this earth at this point, are fully seeing God's wrath to its full uh, power. So, you know, it is done. I think God's, uh, God's promise to Israel is finally being fulfilled because he promised that he would avenge his people. Yes. He said he would avenge all of those that were martyred in his name. He said he would avenge all those that were um, beaten or that were accused, that were falsely accused, that maybe things were stolen from. Um, Jesus says, place your trust in the Lord um, because, what does he say? Vengeance is mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think this is where God fully takes, takes vengeance for his people um, and which is why it's so important that we don't take vengeance for ourselves. Amen. Um, I, I mean, it's just a, it's going to be a scary, a scary day for sure. But a very uh, rejoicing day. We're joyful for us. Yes. If we are, <laughs> if we're right about pre-trib. And of course we could be wrong and it doesn't matter. Just follow Jesus, guys. <laughs> for sure, yeah. I, I mean, but regardless, at the end of this, it will be joyful. Yes, amen. So that's all that that chapter 16 leaves us with um, that leads us into the thousand-year reign. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to describe Babylon falling and the prostitute and everything. Yes. And I, I, I'm not 100% sure if we are completely into the thousand-year reign just yet. Yeah. Uh, I was st- talking with Tim earlier, and we do know that after this seven-year tribulation does come the thousand-year Rain. So we're going to get into that more later. Mm-hmm. But that concludes chapter 16 for now. There we are. Okay. I've got nothing else to add. Me either, guys. Do you, Charlie? Oh, that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks you guys for joining. We'll see you next week. God bless.